All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Buffalo Beat. My name is Joe Vascalia. Thanks, everybody, for joining me here on this pregame episode of the Buffalo Beat. The Bills getting ready to take on the New York Jets. Their first, well, not official home game, because I suppose the game against the Browns that was moved to Detroit was technically a home game. But their first game at Highmark Stadium since the snowstorm. (laughs) which feels like a long time ago. Um, And the Bills will be, at long last, returning to familiar confines after that slog of three games away from Orchard Park in in a 12-day span. They get a Jets team that upset them last time around in, in New Jersey in Week 9, which, again, feels like forever ago. And... They'll be they'll try to make it two for two against the AFC East in this in this little run that they've got against the Patriots, Jets, and Dolphins. But we're gonna get into a bunch of different things about this matchup, big picture stuff, prediction. Uh, just like we had last time the Bills were getting ready to take on the Jets. Uh, we've got my buddy Zach Rosenblatt who covers the Jets for the Athletic. He was kind enough to pop on the show once again. Uh, Again, I took up way too much of his time and uh, learning a lot of good stuff about the Jets, about what has changed with them, specifically at the quarterback position, how different it's looked and how their priorities have kind of changed. So uh, that'll be coming up a little bit later on in the show. But I did want to start with the defense heading into this game because... To me, when I'm when I'm looking at what the Jets are right now, I think it's pretty safe to say that they are a good defense, one of the the better ones in the NFL, and that's a pretty consistent thing that they that they give week in and week out. But their offense, the Jets offense, I think is an entirely volatile experience. From one week to the next. And even though Zach Wilson is not going to be starting in this game, the volatility remains regardless of that. And I'm kind of looking at the defense being the the focal point as to what could ultimately lead to lead the Bills to a fairly convincing victory if it were to go that way. Because last time around, you know, the Jets stunned the Bills a bit, and it was a great defensive game by them. There were also a lot of missed opportunities by the Bills' offense, and I remember coming away from that game feeling like the Bills flat-out lost that one. Like The the losses have been... It, it, it shared that in common with the Dolphins' loss. The Vikings won, I think... The Vikings came through and won that game as opposed to the Bills just continuing not to take advantage of opportunities. Um, but the Jets game to me was one that the Bills probably should have gotten last time around. But their defense let them down, specifically the run defense. And that's why to me what they've got going on this week coming up is going to be a pretty important facet of of how this game is shaped by the end of things. Last time around the Bills on defense were against the Jets, mind you. 
were without all of the following. Matt Milano, Tredavious White, obviously, even though it was Tredavious White's first game that he was activated. But he was a health, he was a, a scratch for that game. And Jordan Poyer also did not, did not play in that game. This time around, they will have they will have all three of those guys. Or it seems it seems like well, they'll have Tredavious White and Jordan Poyer, definitely. And if I were to guess right now, my my gut is saying that Matt Milano is going to play. He was. I waited to record this until after I went to practice, the media portion of practice, and Matt Milano was out there on Friday, as opposed to Wednesday and Thursday when he was not practicing. And that's a that's a big factor in how we interpret this game and how it could go. So if I had to guess right now, I think Matt Milano's playing. And in my projected inactives that you'll find over at theathletic.com in my five thoughts column that I write every week, I have I, I will have Milano being active and uh, and the Bills needing to find another way to, to get to five or six inactive players. The one piece that they will not have in this game as a difference to the last time these two teams played is Von Miller is obviously down and done for the year. And Von Miller being down is definitely a difficult thing to, to handle for the duration of a season. But I also wonder if it matters just a little bit less for this game in particular and I know it, it kind of sounds crazy, but when you look at what the Jets are offensively right now, I think there would be less opportunity for Von Miller to get home against Mike White than he would have had against Zach Wilson. Mike White, here's the book on him. And this is why this game is completely different from the last time. We'll start with Zach Wilson, actually. Zach Wilson would drop back in the pocket. If his first read isn't there, then he's usually running around. And prolonged pass rush opportunities, that's a spot where Von Miller can shine. Uh, he had basically, him and Rousseau both had a really great game against the Jets the first time around. And it led to a lot of pass rushing opportunities for both of those guys. Well, Rousseau had a muted game because he got injured early on in that one and had to miss the next three. But when he was out there, I actually forgot about that. So add him to the list of of defenders they were missing uh, down the stretch against the Jets. But when he was out there, he played at a high level. And Vaughn was obviously great for the entire game. So that's what happens when Zach Wilson is out there. But Mike White, on the other hand, it's all about getting the ball out quickly, not dilly-dallying back in the pocket. He knows he's not going to beat you with his legs. And so rather than being a sitting duck back there, it's either out of his hand next to immediately or he checks it down. One, one of the other happens based on what we've seen from him throughout his starts in the NFL. And because he gets the ball out so quickly, it's just general logic, right? Like, if if the ball is not in his hand as as long, 
then a player like Von Miller would need to win on his pass rush pass rushing rep instantly and get to the quarterback within what a second and a half to 2.25 seconds somewhere in that range and that's a difficult thing to do a a really good pass rush gets there in two and a half but when you start to get down to those sort of numbers that means it's instant wins and making the offensive lineman look foolish and that doesn't often happen in the nfl it does every once in a while especially with elite players going up against you know mediocre offensive linemen but it's not as frequent as as you would think because there is a certain level of of play that exists at, at the offensive line position, offensive tackle especially, and you just don't get that a ton. So this week, you know, other weeks it'll be different. Like the Dolphins game, the Bears game, the Bengals game, they're going to miss Von Miller. In the playoffs, when they're playing against really good passing offenses, they're going to miss Von Miller. This game against Mike White, not so much. It, to me, it's really going to all come down to the defensive ends in a different sort of mode. Because we kind of know what Mike White is. He hasn't changed a ton. And the last time the Bills saw him, he basically blew up. One pick in the first half, three more picks in the second half, four picks total, wound up not finishing the game. It was a, it was a bad day for Mike White. Uh, in New Jersey last season when the Bills and, and Jets played each other. I believe the final score was 45-17. to 17. Just wasn't close. But in order to make him become a more significant factor and to force the Jets to pass more than they would probably like to, is all in defending the wide rushes. This was a problem area for for the Bills the last time that they went against the Jets. You know, just recall Michael Carter getting to the edge and then making people miss in the open field and getting chunk plays. James Robinson, who really can't run anymore as compared to his running back teammates, even he was getting to the edge occasionally. That's the type of stuff that really sealed the Bills' fate. And when the Jets were driving down for the game-winning touchdown drive, they didn't put the, the ball in Zach Wilson's hands at all. Like that, that just wasn't part of their game plan because the Bills could not stop the run. Not having Milano certainly hurt. Not having Poyer, Poyer certainly hurt. Because then you put in guys like Tyrell Dodson, who was in for him. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Tyrell Bernard was in for Milano. And Jaquan Johnson was in for uh, Jordan Poyer. And that Jets game was actually the one that Jaquan Johnson wound up getting benched the following week. Where they went to Cam Lewis as the starter. So a lot of things went poorly on defense for the Bills last time around. 
But that edge contained remains a focal point. And I say that because the Jets really haven't changed their spots at all from that perspective. If you go back and watch the Vikings film, you'll see the Vikings do an incredible job um, throughout the uh, throughout the um, throughout the game. They they did a, a really nice job against those w- wide rushes, and really the run game in general against the Jets against the running backs, I should say. And they were they were doing a like through halfway through the fourth quarter, the Vikings. You could tell they were well schooled on it. And this is a run defense that has given up some big gains here and there throughout uh, throughout the season. So like, they were only at one point when they went up twenty seven to fifteen. The Vikings had only allowed forty five yards on the ground to the Jets on fourteen carries. So it was like a two point or three point two yards per carry situation, and that was halfway through the fourth quarter. So. They were doing great. But what allowed the Jets to get back in the game was on just one play because their rookie, undrafted rookie, Zonovan Knight, Bam Knight, gets outside the uh, the right defensive end. I think it was DJ Wanham, if I'm not mistaken, for the Vikings. Wanham gets pinned inside. Bam Knight, who has some good speed, has some juice to him, gets outside, gets a couple of blocks down the field, and more than doubles their rushing total. Hits a 48-yarder, puts the Jets, who hadn't scored a touchdown to that point in the game, gets the Jets down in the Viking zone. And that after that gain, that helped lead to a touchdown. And that completely changed the complexion of things. So even if a team is doing great, 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 the Jets are still going to stick with it, and they have the potential to pop one, whether it's Carter or Bam Knight. I think both of those guys can do it to the Bills. So that's why that in the first line of defense is that defensive end edge contain. And there are a few different ways to kind of go about it, but I think how the Bills are going to try and handle it is just trying to keep themselves clean off blocks rather than trying to rush up the field or, or to cause a, a wider angle. They just want to delay the turn up the field for the running back as long as possible, which would allow Milano, Edmonds, Poyer, Hamlin, Taron Johnson to get into the play to be able to, to thwart and overwhelm the amount of blockers they would have out there. And the Bills have done, since that Jets game, the Bills have done such a better job against the run. The Vikings game, it felt like it was solved, but even they popped the Bills for one of those those big plays that wound up helping change the game. That was the 81-yard touchdown run by Dalvin Cook. And that was like, okay, they're getting there, but they're not all the way there just yet. The Browns game, great against the run. The Lions game, you know, some solid games, but no explosives. Uh, the Patriots game, great against the run again. You know, Ramondre Stevenson basically had to pull a rabbit out of a hat a few times to get some some solid chunk plays. And by chunk plays, I mean like 8 to 11-yard gains. 
So the run defense feels like they have hit a good point here. But it all starts with those edges. Greg Rousseau, having him for the full game is going to be huge because he is their best edge-contained defensive end, even if Von Miller was healthy. So I would be very surprised if uh, they ran to his side a ton. Shaq Lawson is also very good at edge contain. That's been kind of his calling card. Or it was his last stint in Buffalo right near the end, and he's done a nice job with it again this year, and he's probably going to be starting again. So that's that's another potential strength in that area. They, need, they just need A.J. Epinesa and Boogie Basham when they're rotating in to hold up because both of those guys have been susceptible throughout their careers. And Epinesa has done a better job of it this year. But previous years, big runs have been popped on on those guys because of the lack of edge contain and, and getting getting pinned in. So that's why it's such a pivotal area to me. Because if you are taking that out of the equation, you still have your linebackers and Taron Johnson at the second level to help, and, and Jordan Poyer to help uh, fill in between the tackles. Your defensive tackles... You have three out of your top four available to you. Your top two run-stuffing defensive tackles in Daquan Jones and, and Ed Oliver. And then you've got the, the second level at full capacity. So I feel like that's not going to be a huge issue for them. But if they can solve the edges, then that pushes, that forces Mike White to become more of a factor in the game. And if they force Mike White to become more of a factor in the game, then... The way that I'm that I'm putting it in my five things column is he's a turnover waiting to happen. We're talking ball placement. It's just not the greatest. He will zip one in and it'll be a super impressive throw. But the ball placement at times is really lacking. And if a defender can just get their hand in there on a throw behind and pop one up could be turnover city. And the other thing about Mike White is is he's fairly predictable. It's usually a first read or dump down situation. But you can also bait him into that first read if you see where he's headed by kind of playing a little dummy defense ahead of time and you know, maybe drifting back in that zone where he wasn't really expecting it. But he is not afraid just to, you know, dump it down, live to fight another day rather than extending the play and possibly taking a sack, things like that. He also, I will say, he does try to look off the safety by looking at one side of the field before quickly coming back to the other the other side if he's got like a deeper throw that he wants to go to that's his first read that's just from what i saw from the vikings game it was pretty snap your fingers quick 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 but usually it was him locked into where he was going to throw and if it wasn't there then hey i'm gonna i'm gonna find this wide receiver in the flat or this running back in the flat or this tight end 
So that's why that edge contain to me is like the thing. Because if you are forcing Mike White into throwing the ball more, I think that legitimately favors the Bills in a big way. With getting off the field, forcing turnovers, creating short fields, all of these different things. I think that's that's kind of the key for me as to how the Bills can extend this win streak from three to four. So uh, that's definitely going to be interesting in how they do it without Von Miller, but having all those pieces back on defense, yeah, that's going to be uh, that's going to be a big, big difference from the last time these two teams played. All right, so we're going to get to the prediction in a little bit. Uh, we're going to chat all things Jets. Um, you know, not just what I've seen on film, but from what uh, Zach Rosenblatt has experienced from from the Jets and how Mike White has kind of taken things and and run with them. Their running game continuing to kind of hum along without Brees Hall and sometimes without Michael Carter, like last week. So a lot of good stuff to get into with Zach, and we will do that right after this. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, now we welcome in a return guest this season. He covers the Jets for us here at The Athletic. His name is Zach Rosenblatt. If you heard the Jets week, which, as I was joking with Zach before we started recording, feels like a legitimate year ago based on everything that has happened for both these franchises, uh, then then you know that he does a great job covering the Jets, and we'll see what exactly has happened with this team. So, Jet, uh, Zach, what's up, man? Thanks for coming back on the show. Not much, man. It, it is crazy, and... Uh... I mean, in Jets' world, time moves slower anyway, but the Bills have had a lot happen to them. But, yeah, it does feel like ages ago that we last talked. I think we were just talking, even like like Zach Wilson was the topic of discussion the last time we spoke. And now it, we're going to have to bring him up, I'm sure. But he, he was, he was an, he's an afterthought now to a degree. So. I know, I know. We were, like, back then we were bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and now this <laughs> season has just, like, punched both of us squarely in the face. Um, so... Let's let's start there. Like the the this version of the Jets feels legitimately different than the than the last time the Bills saw them and the last time the Bills saw them it was one of their three losses of the season. So what has changed? How has it felt? How has it looked since uh, Mike White has been inserted into the lineup? You know, I was even beyond like the Mike White stuff, I was even like just thinking they the Jets have gotten back a, a few guys that were hurt before and they've lost a couple and I think the Bills are the same way. They've like lost Von Miller and are getting back some guys that didn't play in that game. So it, it's just fascinating that it's it's kind of feels like a different game almost. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, Mike White, I mean the offense is wildly different with them. I, I mean the reality is they were pretty restricted by what they could do offensively when Zach was in there. So they were running the ball a lot, which they did very well against the Bills. Um and they were just doing you know, he was throwing the ball quickly, which was kind of an issue for Zach the rest of the season where you, he would get sacked uh, or he would try to extend a play and then he would throw a pick or have an Aaron pass go out of bounds and, and stuff like that. That is not the offense with Mike White. He he gets the ball, rid of the ball quickly. He stands strong in the pocket. He's, he's not very fast, so you're not going to see him run away very much. But if it doesn't really matter to him if a guy is about to sack him. He'll, he'll stand in there and deliver the ball still. Um, 
you know, he, he doesn't have like the arm talent of Zach Wilson, but I, he made some throws against the Vikings that were pretty impressive. Uh, he's, he's calm. Like even when he's, if he starts off slow, like he's, it, it like doesn't bother him. Like he's, he's been pretty impressive so far. The bills are obviously the biggest test because the last two defenses he faced aren't particularly good, but, mm-hmm. um, he's a guy that's accurate. He, he can look beyond his first read. He'll check down if he has to, like, he's not afraid to check. He's like the check down King in a lot of ways. Um, he will take shots down the field, but yeah, there, there'll be, they're very, there'll be a lot quicker with him in the offense and quick decisions, things like that. And I think that against a b- b- defense like the bills, you kind of have to be like that. Yeah. Last year, uh, the Bills unraveled Mike White. I mean, it was one interception in yeah. the first half. He didn't look great. And then by the end of it, it was four interceptions. Yeah. Joe Flacco had to come in. Um, and I think that, uh, from what I've read, has kind of stuck with him yes. so far. So um, in terms of – because it, when you watch him on film, he doesn't look like remarkably different from, from last yeah. year. So how has he changed um, in – I guess in terms of approach, and uh, I guess he can talk all, all he wants, but what what has changed with him from last year to this year? Well, I'll say, like, I find it very interesting. They Both him and Michael Floor were, they both, like, were able to pinpoint exactly what went wrong to a degree. Like, they, they didn't worry about it because they were, like, Mike's, Mike was processing things so fast, and his brain and his legs were not, like, in sync. Like, he, he was, like, getting ahead of himself with his feet or something like that. Like the way they were able to pinpoint it to that degree. And it kind of like, they, they almost, they convinced me that it was like not as big of a deal as everybody made it kind of thing. <laughs> um, I mean this, again, this will be another big test. He does, he has thrown a bunch of picks in his time, but yeah, I, I, th- I mean, I think just the biggest difference that, um, you know, I think people forget this because, you know, he, he kind of seems like he's a veteran, but he's, this is only going to be his uh, sixth start of his career, I think. So he, he's very young in terms mm-hmm. of like football. He's 27, but he's, young in terms of football experience so I think more than anything experience and he's a very smart player so I think he does learn um and he processes things a lot better than Zach did and um so I I just think he's more advanced like I don't know if he's necessarily like a better quarterback like physically or like in what he can do but I think he's he learns like he learns from his mistakes he learns from his success uh and again like things don't phase him so the fact that it's in Buffalo it'll be cold and rainy I think on Sunday Bills have a great defense I got I don't think any of that bothers him any more than going to like Minnesota did last week when they were in a dome. Like I, he he's pretty he's pretty good at uh, compartmentalizing, which is the most impressive part about him. Like wh- whether he's a star or not is a question, obviously, or if he's like a guy that can be the starter next year or whatever. But um, yeah, the, I just think the biggest difference is experience, honestly. Yeah, the, I mean, for the Jets to be doing what they're doing with effectively a a satchel of third string quarterbacks right now is really impressive because I mean, their defense is legit, obviously, and we'll get there. But I think the, the guy that just makes it feel different this year um, is Garrett Wilson. Like that dude is a neutralizer. It doesn't matter if your throws are off target. Uh, I mean, he cooked 21 and 20 for the Vikings last week. It was, it was just incredible route running. So what has he meant to what uh, what they have been able to accomplish. And it was frustrating for him for a while with Zach in, at yeah. the helm. So now that Mike is in there, uh, you know, being able to throw the ball, actually, <laughs> and put, get the ball out on time, what is it? Uh, what has that difference been like with Garrett Wilson being like the true alpha of the offense? 
I mean, honestly, that's honestly part of the answer I should have had to your last question. I think the biggest difference from last year is Garrett Wilson. They mm-hmm. he didn't have Garrett Wilson last year. He they had, their weapons were not as good. Their offensive line, while it's had a bumpy road this year, it's better and it's healthier than it's been in a little while. Weirdly, as they just lost a guy to like blood clots, but mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, I mean Garrett Wilson, like you know, I, I said I, in, in training camp, I kept saying like. You saw the flashes, like this guy is going to be special, but I thought it was going to take a little time. Like the route running wasn't quite there. He's very reliant on his athleticism. I think he still is to a degree, which is why I think his ceiling is very high. Um, and he was dropping a lot of passes in camp. So I, maybe it's like the Jamar Chase thing, I guess, where it turn, <laughs> right. you, turn the, you turn the page once you get to the season. But he, but then right, right at the beginning of the year in that Browns game, he had two touchdowns, and you could kind of see that there, he was a special player. Um, once Zach Wilson came back in the lineup, he just wasn't getting the ball as much or he wasn't getting it in spots where he could succeed. And then you see Mike White come and they clearly have a connection. And, you know, Garrett, like you said, you know, you can, it doesn't matter where you throw it to him. He's he's very good after the catch. He's he's fast. He's explosive. He's agile. Um, he's really smart. Um, and he, he's he's been way better, way faster than I thought he was going to be to the point where, like, he, he kind of is their offense now, especially since they lost Brees Hall. You know, they stumbled on a guy at running back, an undrafted rookie, Bam Knight, mm-hmm. but – um like Garrett Wilson is what makes the offense move and teams teams are scheming up to stop him and it's not working so far mm-hmm. uh so I'm gonna be very curious to see how the Bills handle him I, I don't think he had a great game the last time they played uh because it was the first Patriots game he was pretty good but I don't think he did much against the Bills but he, uh, um he he made some good plays I, I do yeah. remember but I mean that again Zach Wilson factor yeah so that, <laughs> that's why it'll be it'll be interesting because they clearly like Mike had, had had some great insight yesterday about like you can th- you almost like throw with more confidence with a guy like that. I'm sure Josh Allen has this with Diggs because their mm-hmm. their connection. Um, you can throw it where you think he's going to be or like in the area he's going to be because you know he's going to be able to go and get it. And it's not as much of a risky throw when you're when you're throwing it to Garrett Wilson. That's that's a special, pretty special weapon to have for any quarterback. And they're they're lucky they have him right now. I mean they have him on for four years for five years on a rookie contract and yeah he's he's better than i thought he was gonna be and he's he's looks like a star right now so. yeah he, he's a no doubt talent for sure i'm glad you brought up bam knight because going back and watching that vikings game it seemed like the the vikings had their running game to running backs just pinned down up until that 48 yarder yeah. in the in the fourth quarter when they were down 12 and it looked like the game was over at that point um so it was on one of those outside runs, which is what gave the Bills trouble in the, in the first matchup yeah. too. So that getting that speed element um, and in back into the offense with him a little bit, I mean, I mean, I'm sure that's probably helped them uh, tremendously over the last couple of weeks that he's played. Yeah, it's it's the funniest thing. Like, I mean, this guy was on their roster all year and he was inactive, mm-hmm. and then they they were they had the plotting James Robinson. You know, running two yards a, a carry, and we've seen the full arc of James yeah, Robinson yeah, yeah, in New York yeah. already. <laughs> yeah, pretty quickly. That's how it works. Everything is sped up here, I guess. Um, Michael Carter, I think, is a solid running back, but he he like does not hit the holes as like hard. You know, they they've been really missing Brees Hall's explosiveness, mm-hmm. and I think they looked and they decided. You know, Bam Knight Zonovan is his name, which is also a great name. Mm-hmm. Um, he. He kind of he had like the the cutting ability and not not like he I call, I've been calling him like a poor man's Brees like he's not as explosive as Brees but he can like do some of those same things and you've seen it like he hits the hole really hard he doesn't go down easy when you the first tackler almost never gets him um, and so he's brought an element to the offense that they were kind of missing in the rushing attack and I think with Michael Carter back that's like a pretty good one two punch because Michael Carter is pretty good in the short yardage and he's a pretty good pass catcher so uh, 
Bam Knight seems to be legit. Like he showed some flash to this in training camp in the preseason, and then they obviously didn't play him since then. So you weren't you know you never know what's real in training camp. I've I've actually this year has taught me not to pay so much attention to everything that happens in camp, honestly, because <laughs> there's been a lot of stuff that I'm like, I thought that guy was good, kind of thing. <laughs> uh but yeah, he's he's added an element to this rushing attack that they've needed. This is a this is a team that prefers to run the ball, run first. They the, you know the Kyle Shanahan offense. That's mm-hmm. how they beat the Bills. That's how they beat the 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 Broncos, the Packers. I mean, they're more willing to throw the ball because they trust Mike White more than they did Zach. But ultimately, the the running game is what sets everything up. So um, if Bam Knight can play like he has the last two weeks, they're going to be in really good shape. Yeah, the uh, I think up to that forty eight yard run, I think they had like. 45 yards on running back carries to that point and he doubled it in in the midway through the fourth quarter i mean that's the bills definitely took um notice of that and they they have really talked a lot about how edge contain is going to be pretty important in this game especially with how the last time around went but i suppose that would call into question what the hell is going on with the jets offensive line which seems to be the worst merry-go-round in new jersey history this year (laughs) yeah i was I saw somebody make this joke. I don't know who it was. Uh, I don't know if you're a Harry Potter guy, but I... I uh, oh, completely. I'm a Slytherin. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I was going to say, I I don't know what, what is uh, more unsafe, being a defense against the dark arts teacher at Hogwarts or an offensive tackle on the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> somebody kind of made a reference to that. Oh, that's incredible. And it's like perfect because they've like an, an insane amount of... I mean, they lost Mekhi Becton before the season. Um, they signed Dwayne Brown. He hurts his shoulder pretty quickly. They lose him. Uh, George Fan has been out most of the year. Max Mitchell was out most of the year. He comes back, and then he come, if they find out he's a blood clot issue, he's out for the year. Uh, they signed Cedric Og- Ogboy. Uh, he was a starter. He hurt his groin. He's on IR. Like they've literally had like, like five or six offensive tackles, starting offensive tackles, going on IR. I mean, it says a lot about the job Joe Douglas has done, like bringing in like starter quality guys. Because I mean, I mean, it's been bumpy, but none of these guys have really missed. Like everybody's been solid at the very least. There's not hasn't been like a star or anything like that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so the the offensive line, you know, it, it's 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 been inconsistent. But they, I think this, this group they have, if George Fan is healthy and you know Dwayne Brown's going to have a shoulder problem all year, he kind of takes Wednesdays off and he's limited the rest of the week. And they they found a guy Nate Herbig on waivers in the offseason. He's been pretty solid at right guard. Like they have a, a bunch of solid guys, no stars. I think Lake and Tomlinson's been a little disappointing, but. It's a group that can definitely like the, you know, I, they were definitely thanking their lucky stars that Von Miller didn't actually return against them like he had originally said because I, 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 he did pretty well against them last game. I, I think he probably mm-hmm. would have done pretty well this game. Um, their their pass rush can definitely can definitely beat the Jets offensive line. Their their goal is just I think the offensive line is also like playing with more confidence with Mike White because they know he's going to get rid of the ball quickly. Like a lot in a lot of ways. Yeah, Zach they don't Wilson, have to block all yeah, that long. <laughs> yeah, Zach Wilson left them out to dry in a lot of ways. Some like sometimes it was their fault, sometimes it was his. It's never going to really be Mike. He's not going to hold on to the ball too long. That he's just never going to do that. So mm-hmm. that's what I would say. It's it's an okay group that has good games and has bad games, and they're never very bad and they're never very good. Mm-hmm. So and then the obviously the the defense is the calling card of this team. How they're able to put a stopper on on individual teams, individual players. Uh, how have they progressed throughout the season? Because it's one thing to do it for a certain stretch of games, but defense is so unpredictable from one week to the next, just because of the overall yeah. randomness of, of like you know bouncing of the ball and, and everything like that. So how have they been able to to keep this thing afloat to where they are still one of the best defenses in the NFL? 
Well, it's twofold, and I, I probably said something similar last time we talked, honestly, because it's remained true. Um, mm-hmm. It's their defensive line. They're they're crazy deep on the D-line. They're completely healthy in that group now. Every single player that they had in, in like, made, that made the roster is healthy now, I think, for the first time. That's crazy. Um, Quinton Williams is playing at it like Aaron Donald level still. Uh, and then uh, and then you have the back end. You have the two corners, DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner. Like, the combination of those two things allows Robert Sala to run the defense that he wants to. Like, they... I've seen the stat a few times. I, I think our uh, True Media stats had about how they blitzed Josh Allen like the least amount he's been blitzed all year, and they like pressured him like the most or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like something crazy like that, and that's kind of like Robert Sala, 49ers defensive style in a nutshell. And that's when they've been able to succeed. Like Their weak spots are at safety and a linebacker, and you've seen that the last few weeks. They've struggled against the run. They've had some missed tackles issues. I think the safeties, they're, they're both – it's LaMarcus Joyner and uh, Jordan Whitehead. They're two veteran guys. Um that have struggled at times this year, and I think they had a pretty bad game against the Vikings. And the linebackers, they can they make a lot of tackles, but they also miss a lot of tackles, and they're not great in coverage. So, like the middle of the field is the where is the is the place to be, and like short passes and screens, like that's how you beat the Jets offensively. Sauce and, and DJ, other than the the touchdown to Justin Jefferson last week, they just don't get beat every week. So, mm-hmm. you, like at at this point, they've shut down all these top receivers. Like Stephon Diggs does not scare them, and I, until like a guy like Diggs like goes off on them, I don't I don't believe it's going to happen. Like that's how good they've mm-hmm. been. It's pretty crazy to think about because Sauce is a rookie, obviously. So yeah, uh, Diggs had that one over the top on the first play yeah. of the game against right. the and then, and that, then nothing. Yeah, that was it. That's kind of what um, happens. It'll be like one play kind of thing early, and then it'll be like, all right, this is very what he's interesting doing kind of thing. Yeah, the the Jets it, from it, as long as. Um, it looks like Deion Dawkins, at least from what I've seen, is going to be able to play this week. So the Jets will actually, because the last time around, Spencer Brown didn't play. Right. Uh, and they got David Quesenberry, who is not good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just being respectful. Uh, he So it looks like the Bills will have their preferred offensive line, really, for the first time in quite a few weeks here. Um, so I, that that matchup is so compelling. Their defensive line yeah. against against the Bills' offensive line because the Bills, you know, when they're at, at when they're at their peak, they're like mid to slightly above average. So that's that's yeah. uh, that's quite a battle. When that and that's so the Jets have started slow each of the last two weeks, and the, the common thread is in the beginning of the game, the defensive line wasn't really getting home, and then mm. as they turned it on. And, and they can do that in part because of this rotation they do where nobody really plays a lot. Like, Quinton Williams is the only one that I think plays even more than 70% of the snaps. So later in the game, they're still rolling, and whereas maybe the offense is getting tired. So I, that, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. You can't really start – they were able to start slow against the Bears. They were even able – they should have beat the Vikings, so they were able to. You know, it was just the offense couldn't close out. So they were able to start slow these last two games. I don't think you can do that against the Bills. Um, yeah. Even though I, they, I guess they – they had to come back in that last Bills game, right? It feels like ages ago. But. Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, run game fueled game winning drive, which is pretty wild to think. They about. took yeah, the right. ball yeah, completely yeah, they, yeah, they out of Zach's like hands. Every play, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, it it was a it was a bad showing for the run defense. It, it, that you know, I think the um, there were some. I guess some commonalities from how the Packers ran effectively in the second half the week before, you know, the, mm. the low floor connection, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And similar systems. And the Jets game was like the the high point of the Bills' run defense struggles this year. And since then, they've been great. Um, so, so yeah, that's why that that uh, bouncing to the outside with with Bam Knight and if Michael Carter gets back in, that's why that that one is majorly Bears watching. Um, last question. Asked it last time. 
Uh, if the Jets win this week, because it, it did get <laughs> ugly. It did get ugly, as you predicted the last yeah. time around. If the Jets win this week against the Bills with Mike Wilson rather than, than Zach Wilson. Mike White. Or, Mi- Mike White, sorry. <laughs> Mike Wilson. Them, Mike Wilson was a Sabres player, like, in the early 2000s to the 90s or go. something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Mike White, um, hockey fan, by the way. He's a Florida Panthers diehard. Really? Those yeah. exist? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's what I, I, when I, when I shared that with somebody, they're like, wait, that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Is he from like the Miami he's region? He's from Florida. I forget where exactly in Florida, but yeah, he's from Florida. So. How are you from Florida and not like a diehard Lightning fan? Like those fans are legit. I've never heard of a Panthers fan. That's in my how you life. know Mike White is true to himself. You know he's. Wow. You, you know, you're him. not just a, you're not just a Panthers fan for fun. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, re- yeah, certainly not after all their struggles over the years. Um, so, what does it look like with Mike White at the helm if the Jets were to? Shock the Bills twice in a row here, and especially on home turf, uh, with the Bills looking a bit more like themselves recently. I, I think in a lot of ways it will look similar to the last game in terms of like Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen making mistakes is kind of key to any Bills loss, mm-hmm. as you well know. So I, I think the same kind of thing if they can force Josh into some mistakes, you force some turnovers, and then on the other side, Mike White does not turn the ball over. Um, and he and he and he makes plays like he did at the end of the Vikings game and like he did against the Bears. Like it, it their offense does look a little different now because they can throw the ball. So I'm curious if they take shots on the Bills or not. But yeah, it's going to come down to. I mean, it's pretty cliche to say the team that doesn't turn the ball over is going to win. But if 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 the Jets can can take care of the ball and force some mistakes out of Josh, I think they can win this game because their defense is good enough to contain the Bills. I think so. Um, forcing Josh into some errors would be would be big. I mean, it, I mean, it might be cliche, but the turnover thing is true because you know yeah. Mike White turned the ball over four times the last two, t- <laughs> last time these yeah. teams played with him at yeah. Valm. So, so yeah, I, I feel that. All right, Zach, uh, great job as always. Um, you can uh, go and read everything that Zach writes about the Jets over at theAthletic.com. Be sure to follow him on Twitter. Dude, thanks so much for joining me a second time. I'm going to have to give you overtime pay. (laughs) Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. (laughs) So that was Zach Rosenblatt, and we'll be right back with uh, Prediction after this. All right, excellent stuff from Zach Rosenblatt. uh, If you haven't yet, head over to The Athletic, read all his stuff. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter. He's very good at what he does and uh, has a nice little sense of humor to go along with it. So, uh, To which you need to... uh, cover the Jets for all of the different things that uh, that they see throughout the season. All right, now let's get to the Shaq Lawson meditation prediction hour. The uh, I just realized this, this is a technically a revenge game for Shaq Lawson. He had a cup of coffee with a, with a few different teams, but I don't know why I didn't think of that the last time these two teams played. The uh, He signed with Miami, then... I believe it was with Houston, then went to the Jets. Yeah, that's uh, quite the little tour on it on his two years away from the Bills. But yeah, Shaq Lawson and the Bills are getting ready for this game with the Jets. The line is an intriguing one, especially because the Jets beat the Bills last time. But the Bills are favored by 10 points at home. The total is 43, which would indicate a, a pretty high... Uh, a 27 to let's see what was it 26 and a half to 16 and a half I think is the uh, the technical expected points registered by each team so for this game you know I outlined a lot of 
things that I think are important to the Bills. But in terms of the actual matchup and the execution of those, I think Greg Rousseau has all the potential to have a really great game this week. And he was really good against the Patriots this past week. I went back on the film and there was a stretch of play leading up to the to halftime where Rousseau just took off and he was the best player on the field. We're like It was pressures. It was a pass batted down uh, that was going to the flat to Ramondre Stevenson that probably would have been a completion in a game. It was tackles for loss. It was holding his block and forcing a runner to go in his lane and then allowing his, his teammates to collapse on it, on the runner. It was just one of the best play-to-play-to-play-to-play-to-play stretches that I've seen from Rousseau in his career. And it's the reason why he was one of my highest-graded players in, in that Patriots game on the All-22. So I expect him, especially going up against questionable offensive tackles. You know, Brousseau will probably line up on the left side for the full game, just like he did against the Patriots. And that would mean he'll be going up against, I believe, let me get my notebook out. I believe it's George Fant. Yes, George Fant, who came in for Max Mitchell last week. And Max Mitchell now done for the season. George Fant... I think that's a matchup that that Rousseau can exploit, especially in edge contain and on those rare instances where Mike White is hanging on to the ball for an extended amount of time, then that becomes potential for him to make an impact as a pass rusher. But it would have to be down the stretch where the Jets have know that they have to throw it. And that's when Rousseau, I think, can become a pass rushing factor more than he would early in the game. But the, between him and Shaq Lawson, who excel in run defending, so against the offensive tackles who have been solid, not spectacular, Dwayne Brown's on the left side. That's who Shaq Lawson is most often going to be dealing with. Those two guys, I think, are the key to this game. And being able to just slow down Michael Carter or Bam Knight enough to where they can't hit the edge and can't get up the field for those big chunk plays to move the Jets more than than they had been. So those two guys are a key to me. But when the Jets are dropping back, the guy that that stands out to me as to why their passing attack can be more effective than what the Bills dealt with the last time Mike White played is because of Garrett Wilson. And I brought that up with Zach a bit. I mean, the guy is just an outstanding route runner. And, and when you have him working against a subpar cornerback, he's going to win that. And because Mike White gets the ball out of his hand so quickly, even if you're in a zone defense, a lot of the time, like the Bills are, and like they were last week against the Patriots, it devolves to a quick man-to-man because somebody's got to pick up that receiver immediately. And the idea of Garrett Wilson working against 
Xavier Rhodes or Dane Jackson, which I think are the likely two players that you would see in the lineup. Because I'm, I'm, uh, I wouldn't rule it out just yet, but based on what we saw last week, you just don't make your first round pick a healthy scratch and not kind of stick with it for a little bit until some injuries or a really poor play come comes into play. So I would tend to think that holds for this week, which means it's either going to be Rhodes or Jackson. And my money would be on Xavier Rhodes to play a lot of snaps this game. But when you're talking about Garrett Wilson versus Xavier Rhodes, that is a mismatch waiting to happen on those quick quick throws, intermediate throws to the boundary. Xavier Rhodes was having difficulties with, you know, flipping his hips and being able to stick with guys like Devontae Parker on the intermediate stuff this past week. Against Garrett Wilson, that's a that's an untenable situation and one that I think the Jets will go to again and again and again. So even though Tredavious White has yet to play a 100% snap game, I think it would be very smart of them to have Tredavious White travel with Garrett Wilson. I just don't see the impact, the same impact of Corey Davis working against Xavier Rhodes as Garrett Wilson working against Xavier Rhodes. So if like if you're telling the Jets, hey, we're going to put our best cornerback on your best receiver and you need Corey Davis to to win you the game, the Bills are doing that. The Bills would do that. But I don't know, they have been hesitant to do it from time to time. You know, there was one year where they shockingly stayed in a left-right cornerback situation against some better receivers. So I guess it just depends on their approach. But if Garrett Wilson, if they don't do it at the beginning of the game and Garrett Wilson starts to become a problem, I would not be surprised if they if they go, okay, time to get serious here and Tredavious White needs to, needs to travel with Garrett Wilson. Because that is the, and this is the term I use with Zach, he is the matchup neutralizer. He is the one that can help the, that can help the Jets passing attack provide much more than they did last year against against the Bills with Mike White at the helm. So that's a matchup to kind of keep an eye on who's lining up with Garrett Wilson. Even though mostly zone, but it quickly becomes man as soon as as quickly as Mike White is getting the ball out of his hands. So that's like the the biggest advantage I think that are in the Jets' favor. In terms of their offense, from a, an offensive perspective, I haven't talked a lot about them on this episode, but I do think the Bills are going to struggle to move the ball as adequately as they have maybe against some other teams. I mean, it's just a the matter of the team that they're playing. The Jets have a great defensive line, but the Bills also look like they're going to be at full capacity on their offensive line. So that's a bit of an upgrade to the last time these two teams played, and. Their cornerbacks are are great, and they can make receivers disappear a bit more. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see another high-usage James Cook game and allowing 
not allowing, I should say, the Jets' defensive line to make a true impact by holding onto the ball too long. I think Josh Allen is over that temporary lapse of where he was trying to force a pass too many times. He had one instance of it at the end of the first half against the Patriots where it should have been an interception and got away with it. I think he's going to see that one time and see all of the other successes he had throughout the game in how they were able to move the ball for a lot of the, a lot of the time, even if it didn't always result in points or touchdowns. I think he's going to see that and it's going to really sink in the way that it did near the end of last year. And James Cook, Devin Singletary out of the backfield in the flat area, maybe just a little bit, uh, maybe just coming off the staying in to block and then going to the middle area of the field in between a couple of linebackers. I think that's going to be a key to continuing things moving down the line. So I'm not like not saying that they're not going to put up points against the Jets because there were some missed opportunities and they were able to move the ball against the Jets defense last time around. But I do think it's fair to expect some some hiccups along the way. Maybe not turnovers, but punts, failed drives, things like that. The Jets defense, they're just good. But the key here is taking away the edge contain, forcing Mike White to be a factor, Making sure Garrett Wilson isn't the bailout factor for them and probably using Tredavious White on that player. And then if all that is going your way, Mike White is a turnover waiting to happen. I said it at the beginning of the show. I'll say it again. There are There is potential for two, three interceptions in this game. It's just a matter of the Bills taking advantage of it. And I think that they have... Even without Von Miller, I think that they have the pieces that are healthy and ready to play this week, able to do so. So I'm going to say that the Bills do get those turnovers, which will lead to shortened fields and more opportunities for points. So this is going to be a deceiving scoreline, but I'm going to take the Bills to win in this game. I'm going to take the Bills to cover, and I'm I'm going to take the slight over because 43, not a ton of points. But I've got the Bills winning this one 31 to 13. So that gets you to 44 points. Slight over, like I said. And the 31 is deceiving in the way that the Bills might get there. But because I think there is the opportunity for so many turnovers, then that's that's the key to getting up into the high 20s, low 30s realm, which I do think the Bills are capable of for this one. So yeah, Bills to win, Bills to cover. I'll take the slight over. I've not yet learned my lesson with the under, but 43 is a kind of a a low line in my mind. So yeah, I will uh I will take all that. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Buffalo Beat. If you haven't yet, head over to uh, theathletic.com, read my five thoughts column. I've got my projected inactives o- over there uh, and some other musings some about Christian Benford who's currently on IR, some stuff about Kyir Elam. So you can find all, all of that over at theathletic.com slash the Buffalo Beat to get yourself a nice little discount on a yearly subscription. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. My name is Joe Biscalia, and we will talk to you after the 1 o'clock game on Sunday. See you then.